0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to a beautiful day in Lord's House. We're going to begin with this chorus. It says, Crown him, King of Kings.
1: Briansburg. Brinesburg. It is good to see you on this Sunday morning. I hope you've had a good week, and we're excited to be back together this morning for the purpose of worshiping our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And for those of you that are joining us through television uh, this morning, maybe you're joining us through Facebook Live, we want to welcome you today, and we're very glad that you're with us. I'm Brother Brad Walker. I'm the pastor here. At Brinesburg Baptist Church, and uh, for those of you on Facebook Live, if you will, there in the comments section, uh, leave us your name and any prayer requests that you might have. We'd love to know who's worshiping with us, and glad that you're with us today. And for those of you, this may be your first opportunity to be with us here at Brinesburg in our in our sanctuary. We want to welcome you today as well. And you'll notice there in the pew in front of you is a card. And if you'll take that out and fill it out and place it in that offering plate. Uh, on the large table in the foyer as you're leaving today. Uh, that'll, that'll be an opportunity for us to know of uh, your attendance, but more important, how we can minister to you and your family. And we, we are very glad to have you today. We do have a lot going on. I hope that you've seen those things that pertain to you and your family in the bulletin. I do want to remind all of youth and uh, parents of uh, the Super Bar par- Party that'll be starting at 5 o'clock. Uh, This afternoon, if you'd like to bring your food uh, early, you can do that, Um, but they'll be uh, starting the party at 5, then coming over for the regular church time at 6 o'clock, we'll pause all that, and then they'll come back and finish up after their uh, Youth on Mission time this evening. I also want to remind you of our uh, Youth Ladies' Night that has been rescheduled, Coffee, Cake, Comedy, and Conversation That will now be on February the 27th. I don't believe that's in the bulletin, uh, the the actual date. Uh, But it will be on February the 27th at 6.30. And so ladies, uh, take note of that. Also notice the ladies' outing coming up on the 23rd. So a lot of opportunities in our ladies' ministry here in this month of February. Um, If you have taken one of the baby bottles for... Uh, hope clinic we want you to bring those back filled up with coins or bills or check whatever it may be Uh, go ahead and be bringing those back so we can get those back over to the hope clinic as well as we uh, come to our time of prayer this morning we recognize we have many on our prayer list I know during uh, Sunday school many were added in your classes they were added in our class I know Um, and we think about what's been going on in the world in general we think about the earthquake in Turkey and Syria and we think about the Tens of thousands of lives that were lost this week. And we think about the fact that not only were tens of thousands of lives lost, but a majority of them went into eternity not knowing Jesus. Um, We know that from the area that that took place in. And so um, we we hurt over that. And we pray for the Lord to give us opportunities to be able to uh, have missionaries go into a difficult place, um, maybe a little more readily now in disaster relief. Uh, and for the Lord to receive glory even in this difficult situation. And then locally, uh, we think about the, the shootings yesterday in our own communities and um, the, the need for prayer and the need for um, just revival. And I thank the Lord for the revival we hear happening uh, in our own state, at Adsbury College, and we thank the Lord for that. But we recognize the need for prayer this morning and the need to pray for those who are lost, not just for health needs but for the lost, for those that don't know Jesus. And maybe you're here today. And maybe you don't yet have that personal love relationship with Jesus. Maybe you have a lot of head knowledge about him. Maybe you have some facts about who he is that you know a little bit about the Bible, but you don't have a personal relationship with him. This morning, the Lord's going to speak to your heart. And I invite you, as he does that, to be ready to say yes to that relationship. And I promise you that he will change you and your life will never be the same. It may not be easy, but the Lord's plan and purpose for your life is far greater than anything you could plan for yourself. So this morning, I believe the Lord's going to do a powerful work in our midst. Let's be ready for it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that you give us to join together corporately in worship. Lord, that as throughout the week we've spent time in your word and we've spent time in prayer, but there's just something so special about being together as the family of God and lifting up our hearts and our voices to be able to come to you in prayer, to be able to study your word together. Lord, there's something special about that, and we thank you for that gift. And this morning, I know that we've brought a lot of needs into this place. Lord, we've got a lot of folks that are hurting physically today. Some folks that are here right now, and they're, they're physically, their bodies are hurting. There's pain. But Lord, I'm thankful they're here, and I pray that you would encourage them today. Well, we got some folks that aren't here today because of health issues, and I pray that you lay your healing hand upon them. Well, we have families that are struggling right now, relationships that are just on the brink of, of breaking, and we just pray for reconciliation. Folks that are struggling financially, wondering how they're going to pay the bills this month, and I pray that you would show yourself to be the God who provides. But most importantly, I pray for my friends who are here right now, and they know that they're lost, and they don't have a relationship with you. But, Lord, they're asking questions and they're listening. And so, Lord, today, I pray that you would come very close to them. Let them know you're speaking directly to them and that you desire a relationship with them today. Lord, we pray for those that are hurting throughout our world and our own community, who are struggling to understand why bad things happen in this world. Lord, show them your great love. Lord, this time is yours. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Open the eyes of my heart. We want to see you. Let's pray that together.
1: This morning as we come to this time of prayer at the altar, I know that many of us have probably brought in a lot of different issues with us today, a lot of things that are heavy upon our hearts. And we want to give you an opportunity right here as we begin this time of worship together to be able to come and to pray, to come to this altar, to make that place where you're at in your pew, to make that place at home an altar, and to spend some time just you and the Lord in prayer. And so this morning, whatever the need might be, Give it over to the Lord and trust him with it today. So with every head bowed and with all eyes closed today, the altar is open. Let's spend time in prayer. Mm -hmm. that you meet us right where we're at Lord that you come and Lord you know the needs of our hearts in a far greater and more intimate way than we ourselves and so Lord we bring every need to the foot of the cross and Lord we lay it down and we trust you with it Lord, we lay down that physical issue that financial issue that relational issue Lord we we lay down our loved one that's lost and we ask you to do a work in their heart and in their life today. Lord, we give you every opportunity to use us this week and Lord, we pray for a holy boldness to share the gospel. Lord, we do pray for those around about us that are hurting. Lord, Lord, we ask that you would help us to be your hands and your feet and Lord, help us to love those who are desperately in need of answers. The answer that we have, the answer that is Jesus. And so, Lord, this time is yours. Do a great work today. Lord in Jesus, let me pray. Amen. Let
0: us give God all the glory. Say with me, please. Let's sing to God's glory. for The great things that he has done for each one of us Let's sing and praise him. Jesus.
2: morning. We're going to do one we haven't done in a while. Uh, this is a worship song, so I invite you guys to worship with us, and uh, we're going to do a song called Cornerstone. With all that we've been through the past couple years and uh, spy balloons going around, uh, I think we all need to realize what our cornerstone is, so uh, I'll invite you guys, especially in the courses, to sing with us at the end. I trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust in Jesus' name. Let's repeat that again. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame trust in Jesus name Christ alone His face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil it's Christ alone, the cornerstone the weak made strong in the same oh may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless we stand before the throne, as Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong, in the Savior's love, The same is love.
1: Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Ricky, for that special music today. Turn with, with me in your Bibles to Genesis. Genesis chapter 11. Uh, we're actually going to be at the very end of Genesis chapter 11. And we'll be going all the way through the first three verses of chapter 12 today as well, but get there to uh, Genesis chapter 11 and you'll be in the right spot. Uh, what a wonderful time of worship we've already had and I'm looking forward to how The Lord desires to speak to us this morning as uh, we continue to look at his word and specifically faith of our fathers as we continue this journey through Genesis. Let's go to Lord in prayer together. Lord, we do thank you for this time that you've given us to be in this place, Lord. I know that you have each and every one of us here uh, for a divine purpose, Lord. We're not here by happenstance or by accident, but Lord, there's an appointment and you always keep your appointments and Lord, you have us here for that reason. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. I pray that you might remove all distractions. Help us to not become a distraction to another today. Help us to hear what you have to say to us through your holy word. Lord, I know that I am a very weak vessel. I pray that today you might hide me behind the cross and only you to be seen and only you'd be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, this morning during Sunday school, I was thinking as we were talking about... Um, a, a couple things of how blessed i am for those of you that that uh, have heard me talk about my dad those of you who may personally know my dad uh, you know that i was blessed to grow up with a, a dad who has always been a spiritual role model to me um, who has always been one that i could look to and, uh, and and follow the example of his life and if you were blessed uh, with a father like that if you were blessed with a earthly father who is that kind of figure, maybe uh, it was somebody within your church family, maybe another family member, but somebody who stepped into that role of being a a spiritual father to you, then you know too what a gift from the Lord that that truly is. Um, Regardless of who that person may have been, uh, the Lord blessed you with someone who served in your life as a spiritual father, maybe a spiritual mother, uh, someone who shared the gospel with you. You're able to watch them as you began to take your first steps of faith, you are able to see the example of what God had done in their life. And you were like, wow, if God can do that in their life, I believe He can do it in mine as well. Throughout Scripture, we see that perhaps um, the best known of, of our spiritual fathers, those who we can look to and say, look at their faith, if God can do that in their life, perhaps He can do that in mine as well, would be Abraham. Abraham is certainly the most prominent in the Old Testament. And this man is, is revered really by uh, about a ha- one half of the world's population. Because in our day, uh, Abraham is held in high esteem um, by Jews and Muslims and Christians alike. And in the Bible, Abraham is presented to us as a great example of the man who lived his life by faith. James chapter 2, verse 23 records the fact that Abraham is called the friend of God. And this morning, we're going to begin to look at this spiritual giant. And I hope today that you're able to see a little bit of of the faith of our fathers and help that to grow your faith as well. So please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Again, we're going to be in chapter 11. We'll begin there in verse 27, and then we'll go through 12.3. Now, these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran begat Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Isca. But Sarai was barren, and she had no child. And Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sederah, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came into Haran, and they dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years. And Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will shew thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. You may be seated. These verses teach us about the early years in Abraham's life. Now, they show us how the Lord found him, how the Lord called him, how the Lord promised him. And on the, fir- on the surface, it may seem as though um, this has little to do with us in 2023. However, nothing could be further from the truth. The early years of Abram's life, of this man of God, uh, teaches us about the call on His life, and it teaches us some valuable lessons about God, His ways and what our response to the Lord should be. And since it's true that God has and is calling each of his children to a life of faith, and since we have trouble living that kind of life day by day, I believe that we need to hear what the Bible teaches us in these verses about our Father in the faith and we see that in Abraham's call to faith here in the end of chapter 11 and beginning in in chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 and so as we begin we go back to chapter 11 and we look at, at verses 27 through 30 and we see Abram's past obscurity and I just call this the wretched years and here's the reason there was a time in the distant past when Abraham was really just a nobody. And that's hard for us to, to wrap our heads around, but that, there was that time. He was just another nameless face in the crowd of humanity who did not have a relationship with God. His past was one of obscurity. We're told about the place of his original home. Now, Ur of the Chaldees is what is present-day Iraq. It was in the southeast corner of Iraq, some 75 miles north of the Kuwaiti border. And if that sounds familiar, it's because it's right in the middle of where we fought the first Gulf War. It was at Abraham's time, located at the place where the Euphrates River emptied into the Persian Gulf. And at that time, it was a bustling seaport where trade was conducted with India as well as Africa. History also says that it was a center of intellectual um, activity. There is actually a large public library that was unearthed that contained thousands of ancient texts that had been written on clay tablets. That region was also well suited for raising livestock, sheep, cattle, those kinds of things, which is probably the reason that um, we see that throughout Abraham's life, he is, is a part of, of being a herdsman he was one who who raised cattle who raised sheep that was part of his life but we also see here the 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 promises of his original home the promises of his original home while the area which produced Abraham may have been prosperous I want you to see here that it was also perverted The people of that area participated in some of the most wretched forms of idolatry ever known to mankind. That city was an important center for astrology and for the worship of the stars and of the moon. The fact of of their... Wickedness is proven out in scripture. In Joshua 24 it says, And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. He, he just plainly says it. Before God came to Abraham, they were pagans just like everybody else. That's who they were. Genesis 31, 30-34 relates that while Abraham was able to break free of that idolatry, that his relatives were not. There we find his great-nephew Laban and Jacob's wives Leah and Rachel, and they're in idolatry. We see that. We learn of their household idols. We learn of their pagan superstitions. And many years later, Isaac reminds the nation of Israel to remember where God brought them from. Isaiah 51, says, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye were hewn, and to the hole of the pit which ye were digged. It's a wretched pit. He called their father Abraham out of that most wretched condition. Spiritually speaking, and he brought him out of that. But you also see the pain of his original home. The pain of his original home, as one reads these verses, the wretchedness and, and the hopelessness here of Abraham's years in Ur come to the surface. For him, this was a time of darkness. It was a time of death. It was a time of despair. No matter how you look at it, Abraham's early years were wretched days. When you get right down to it, you and I, are really no different than Abraham, are we? We might not have served stone gods. We may not have worshipped heavenly uh, stars and and moons and planets. But we're all trapped in that same darkness that truly enveloped the life of Abraham before God came to him. But I find great joy when I remember that we serve a God who can reach into the bleakest, the darkest heart and he can turn on the light of the glory of God. And I praise Him that, that He can take a life that is so hopeless and barren and can turn it into one of the greatest examples of the power of faith and grace that can be found in Scripture or, or anywhere. And so the whole point is this. Regardless of where we came from or what baggage that we, we carried, God is able to come to where we are and change us for His glory. No matter who you are, no matter where you came from, no matter what you think you're in the midst of right now, you're not too far from the reach of God. And he can do something amazing in your life. He can make new creatures for his glory. No one is beyond the touch of the Lord, not even a pagan like Abram. But secondly, I want you to look at chapter 11, verses 31 and 32, as well as the first verse of chapter 12. And we see Abraham's partial obedience and I like to refer to this as the wasted years notice the call to depart there in chapter 12 verse 1 we're not told how the call came to Abraham but notice the word had it just assumes that it happened we're told that God spoke to this man in his darkness and he called him into the light to follow a new path there is some point in Abraham's past when God encountered him and gave him this call. Abram was called to leave behind everything that he had loved. Everything that had shaped his life up until this point. He was ordered to leave his region. He was ordered to leave his religion. He was ordered to leave his relatives. And for this man, and I believe for any of us, but for for Abram, that was going to be a very difficult task. He was issued to follow To faith and to a new future. And he would have to leave his home not knowing where he was going and not knowing when he would arrive. He was to leave all such matters in the hands of the Lord and simply step out on faith. The call of Abram raises some questions the Bible does not answer. First question I think that any of us would ask is, why did the Lord pick this one man? Out of all of the men of the earth, why did he pick Abram? Out of all of those who lived in Ur, all those pagans that he could have picked from, because Abram was one of them, why did he pick Abram? The answer to those questions is, I don't know, okay? I don't know, but I'd ask you this question. Why does God call anyone? Why did God call you? Why did God call you? And not your neighbor who's lost. Why did God call you and not your co-worker who's lost? Why did God call you and not your classmate that's lost? I don't know. The answer to those questions dwells within the sovereign will of God. But regardless of why God calls who he does, those who have been called by God should rejoice in the fact that they are saved and that they are secure in the blood of the Lamb. Thank God for the day, the clear call of God to follow the Lord came into my life, into my heart. I thank the Lord that at the age of nine, for me personally, um, that he came and he moved on me, spiritually speaking. And he, he took me from spiritual death to, to spiritual life, that, that by his grace, I was saved. That I placed my faith in him and he, he, he made me a new creation. And therefore, I rejoice in what he has done in me. And I know if you have that same testimony, no matter if it was nine or or 90 or 109, that there was that moment in time when God chose to speak into your heart and into your life. And because of his great grace, he chose to save you. And I don't know why he chose you, but God does. And so when the call of God does come on a life, It's a call for that person to sever all ties with their past life. We don't don't add Jesus on to our sinful life and just go on with no changes. God begins to change us, and we have to leave some things. His call is a call to a new life with new priorities because we have a new Lord. His call is for a total commitment. His call is for the believer to leave the old life behind and begin a new life of faith. Where every single moment is lived in utter dependence upon the Lord alone for every one of our needs. And that's the nature of the divine call of God. God's call is for you to follow without being concerned about the destination. He doesn't give us every detail before we take this next step, or it wouldn't be faith. His call is for you to leave the details up to Him, He knows what He's doing. You can trust him. His call is for surrender to his call, regardless of what the cost may be, where it leads, or how much it may hurt. His call is still the call of follow me. But Jesus, where are we going? Follow me. But look at all I'm going to have to leap. Follow me. It's a simple call. But notice in, in chapter 11, verse 31, the compromise. In devotion, the, the nature of Abram's call was for him to leave. Notice the word thee in chapter 12, verse 1. And yet, when they left Ur, notice that it was they who went, not just thee that went. And you say, well, what does that have to do with anything? It seems that Abram compromised by not separating from his pagan family. As he had been ordered to. He failed to fully submit to the Lord's call on his life. Was it going to be costly? Was it going to be hard? Yes! But that was the call to obedience. And some may argue that it was just Abram wanting to take his family along this journey of faith. And and that's noble. But it should be noted that there's no indication that many of them were saved at all. There's no hint that they ever placed their faith in the Lord like Abram did. The only ones who were saved, the only ones that Scripture makes it clear had a relationship with the Lord were Abram, Sarai, and Lot. The rest were pagans. The rest continued to be trapped in the darkness of their sin. And so the Bible says that they came to Haran and they dwelled there. And if you look at a map, you're going to find that Haran is northeast of the promised land. It's northeast of where he had been called to go. Haran is not where God said to go. He has not gone all the way with the Lord. He's failed to separate from his family, and they failed to arrive in the place that he was called to be. Always remember that partial obedience is not obedience at all. To obey partially is to disobey. Until you have done all God says to do, you haven't done what God said to do. And so what has the Lord told you to do that you haven't done? And for many of us, we have have it right there in the front of our mind right now. We know what God called us to do, and we know that we're not doing it. Have you come short in obedience? In that department of obedience, are you like, whoa, I am not hitting the mark right now? I know firsthand that it is not always easy to obey the call of God. It's oftentimes very costly. Some of the commands of God are difficult. Some are frightening. Some are immensely costly, but all are to be obeyed without question by the child of God who wishes to walk by faith and to be found pleasing to the Lord. Notice that Abraham did not leave Haran and fully follow the Lord's command until the death of his father Terah. And I want you to listen very carefully with me for the next few moments. I know some of you aren't listening at all, so this is your chance to come on back in. Um, The name Terah means a station or delay. It has the idea of a stopping place, a rest area. It has the idea of a roadblock. Okay? So evidently, his father, whose name was Terah, was a roadblock between Abram and doing the actual will of God for Abraham's life. So when Terah was removed from the scene by death, Abram was ready to finally move on and do the things that God had called him to do. Terah, then, must be like the flesh. He's a type of the flesh, of other things that hinder us from doing what we know God's calling us to do. From, From... obeying God the way he's called us to and so those things that that keep us from going with God those things that are delayed us those things become a roadblock until those things are reckoned dead we have a hard time doing what God calls us to do until they are reckoned dead there will be little progress in the life that God has called us to live for his great glory and so my question to you this morning is, what is your terra? What is your roadblock? What is keeping you from progressing and doing what God's called you to do? Oh, if you aren't exactly where the Lord wants you to be, I want you to know that you have a terra. Yes, you do. And Some of you are like, oh, I don't have a t-. No. If you're not doing what God calls you to do, there's a reason. There's some terra in your life, some roadblock, some hindrance. You have a roadblock between you and doing what the Lord has called you to do. And you know what has to happen? You know what has to happen to that terror in your life, that roadblock in your life? You know what has to happen to that roadblock in my life, that terror in my life? There must be a death. It has to die. It has to be permanently removed, not just scooted to the side. That thing that, that severs Any obedience that you might have to the Lord, whatever it may be, whoever it may be, sometimes, has to go. It has a hold on your life, and it's keeping you from being where God desires for you to be. We all need to be careful that we do not stand in the way of others doing the will of God. If we aren't careful, many times we can become a terror to someone else. We're holding someone else back from doing what the Lord calls them to do. Don't let your lack of faith prevent someone else from following God fully. We see in chapter 11, verse 32, the cost of delay. Abram's delay in this matter of obedience, it was very costly to him. While he lingered in Haran, precious years passed by. There were years that could have been spent enjoying the best God had to offer. But instead, those years were spent watching a father waste away. Those years were spent being grieved by the pagan sins of a family that would not turn to God. The work of God is too precious and time is too short for us to hesitate in carrying out the orders that we have received from heaven when we receive them. Why should we settle for second best while the wasted years pile up in our lives? Because every day, every day brings us one day closer to the grave. So let us determine in our hearts that we will make every moment count for the glory of the Lord. That we won't allow anything to stop us from doing what God's called us to do. That we won't let anyone stop us from doing what we know God has called us to do. God was so patient in his dealings with Abram. He gave him time to get things squared away in his life. But it is far better for us to hear his voice and respond immediately for the glory of God. Have you been putting something off that you know God is calling you to do? Have you been saying, well, maybe maybe at a better time, maybe in a more convenient season? Have you been putting it off, though? If so, the time of delay has passed. Get busy carrying out the will of the Lord. Delay is dangerous and delay is costly. But praise the Lord. Look with me at chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And I want you to see Abram's precious opportunities. And I call this the wonder years. If you're a senior adult and you have said, you know what, I think it's about time I retire from serving the Lord. I think it's about time that I just kind of put my feet up and take a little bit of a rest. I want you to take the example of Abraham's life. At the age of 75, This man, Abram, finally makes his break with the old life and begins to be used by God in an awesome way. He leaves out for Haran at the age of 75 on this great adventure of faith. His great adventure started at 75. Amen? Come on, people. That was good stuff. Amen! I'm going to amen myself. These verses tell us that after the wretched years of defilement and after all the wasted years and delay, that God reserved some wonderful years of delight for this servant of God, for this senior servant of God. Notice the qualities of these wonder years. First look at chapter 12, verse 1. And we see, to walk in God's presence, this man, Abram, has been called out of utter darkness, the utter darkness of sin. To walk in the presence of the Lord. This verse implies that God intends to lead Abram in the way that he should go now. God himself will direct his man's pathway. There's nothing in this world that is more precious than walking with God by faith. The walk of faith puts you in the place of dependence upon the Lord. And he will not let you down. When you you give it all to him, those those who lean with all their weight on the Lord, not holding anything back, but just leaning all in on the Lord. The Lord shows them things that those of us who don't lean all in don't get to see. (laughs) When we take out all the supports and we lean full weight on God, on that relationship with him, with, with complete faith of God, if you don't catch me, I'm done. They experience some things that others don't ever experience. Those folks need never fear that God will fail them as they lean their full weight upon Him. But look at verses one through three. We see to watch God's providence. God makes some grand promises to Abram in these verses. Look at all these amazing promises that he's given. He's given a promise of a new home, a promise of abundant offspring, a promise of great blessings, a promise of a great name, a promise that Abraham will be a blessing, a promise that God will protect him from all of his enemies, a a promise that God will bless his friends, a promise that all of the world will be blessed through Abraham's faith. Those are some amazing promises. Abram doesn't know yet how God will work it all out, but he does know that God will work it out. God will do it, just as he said he will. His faith has grown to the place where he is willing to trust God and just leave all the details to the providence of the Lord and not try to do it all himself. He's willing to live by faith day by day as the Lord works out his plan and his purposes within his life. And by the way, everything that God promised to Abram, he did give him. He got it all. And I imagine he got it in an abundant way that Abraham couldn't ever have imagined. I mean, Abraham was like, these are some amazing promises. Can this really happen? But I mean, we're talking a hundredfold, a thousandfold, a millionfold of, of the way that God kept his promises. He kept his promises down to the letter. Notice that these things are still being worked out today and that God will faithfully continue to work out the promise that he gave to Abraham until they are completely fulfilled. And that's where he wants to bring us as well. He wants us to come to the place where we can simply take him at his word and be satisfied in our hearts that he will do what he has promised to us that he will do. Regardless of what the devil or the flesh or the world may tell us, we can trust God. That original lie of the devil to Adam and Eve of the fact that there was something to question about God's trustworthiness, about the promises of God, is still being whispered in our ears today. And I'm here to tell you, you can trust God down to the smallest detail. Every one of his promises are true. You can depend on him to take care of you if you will live your life by faith. He will look after those who lean all in on him. So have you reached that place Where you can rest in the arms of divine providence and know that he will take care of you. That's where we all need to be. That's that's really the the point here. That's where our goal should be. Remember, no matter how life looks, God is doing what is for your good and what is for his glory. But Look at verse 3, the second part of verse 3 there in chapter 12. And we see the wonder of God's purposes. As Abram began this journey of faith, he must have questioned how God could take an old idolater like him and make him a blessing to all of the families of the earth. When he died 100 years later, at the age of 175, he still did not have the answer to that question. Not completely. How would his life be a blessing to all families of the earth? But this man, named Abram, died in faith, believing that God would keep his promises. That faith was counted as righteousness, and when he died, he went to a place the Bible calls paradise. And it wouldn't be until Jesus appeared 2,100 years later that Abraham realized the complete fulfillment of God's promise to him. This man, Jesus, who descended from Abraham through his mother Mary was the one that would make Abraham a blessing to all the families of the earth. When Abram left Haran, he did so with all of his hopes hidden in his heart. He held all the unseen things of the future in his hand, but only by faith. He trusted God to take care of it, and the Lord fulfilled every promise, just as he had said that he would. And as we live this life of faith in the world, there will be times when we cannot see the way when we're going to have to take the next step in absolute faith. There will be days when we too will wonder how God can ever use us in this culture, in this day. There will be times when we will have to walk by faith and not by sight. And Brinesburg today is one of those days. Of course, some people just can't do that. If they can't see it. Then they, they can't see it, then they're not going to do it. If they, can't, if they can't see how it's all going to work out, they're just unwilling to do it. Well, Where's the money going to come from? Where, where's the manpower going to come from? Well, how are we ever going to make that work? Well, what if it doesn't work? What? They're just unwilling to work like that. If they can't explain it, they, they're going to completely avoid it. Those folks never grow to the place of walking in faith. The people God uses greatly are those who will walk obediently wherever the path of God leads them. Whether they understand it or not, whether they like it or not, whether they know what will happen or not, those are the people who get to see the Lord part the seas. Those are the ones who get to see the Lord feed the multitudes. Those are the ones who get to see the Lord walk on water. Those are the ones that get to see him quench the fiery furnace and walk with them. They live a life by faith. And they get to see the Lord do impossible things over and over and over again. There's an old saying that says the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And it took Abram a while, but he finally, at the age of 75, took that step. And when he did, he saw God do things that amazed him until the day he died. I wonder, have you made that first step of faith? And that's the most important question that I can ask you. Have you made the step of faith for salvation? Have you stepped out in faith and surrendered it all to him and said, you know what, I don't have all the answers, but you know what, I've gotten to the place where that's okay. And I'm I'm ready to start that relationship with Christ, even though I still have some questions. I'm ready to live by faith. If that's you today, I'm going to invite you to come here in a moment. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith and say yes to a relationship with Jesus. Have you made that step of faith that will take you beyond the humdrum, ordinary run-of-the-mill life into the otherworldly realm where God operates and uses people, simple people like us, for his glory. You and I will never know all that God desires to do in us until we cut ties with what we can see and we step out into what cannot be seen. God, help us today. Help us to walk by faith. Help us to follow those footsteps of our fathers of faith and be who God has called us to be. Let's pray. Lord Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you for our fathers in faith. Lord, we thank you for men like Abraham. Not perfect men, but forgiven men. And men who walked by faith and not by sight. And Lord, I've got some friends here today. Some of those friends are young. Some of those friends are middle-aged. Some of those friends are or senior adults and right now they don't have a relationship with you right now they are walking by sight and it's not working and so Lord I pray that you might speak to their heart even now and help them to take that first step of faith Lord for some of us we have a relationship with you but we're still trying to do ministry through what we can see with our eyes what well, we can hold in our hands. Lord, help us to step out and do that which is beyond us, which can only be done by you. Lord, some of us are being called to ministry. Some of us may be being called to missions. Lord, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on in every heart, but today, would we just surrender it to you? Would we just give it to you and trust you with the details to your honor and glory? Well, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we stand and as we sing, would you come?